Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tepper Springs, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. Welcome to our podcast. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today, because according to Romans 10:17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I trust this message will increase your faith as you listen to what God has for you today. God bless and enjoy. All right. Well, I want to pick up where I left off, remembering the deeds of the Lord. Psalm 77, 11 and 12, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. I believe that's why it's so important that we teach our children the great Bible stories so that they'll, it'll help build their faith. Uh, and we have to teach those Bible stories as if they're true. They're history. They're not legends. They're not make-believe stories. These things happen to real people in the past. Real people who are, the Bible says, that are like, just have like passions, just like us. They have the same emotions, the feelings. They went through many of the same things that we go through. And yet, their God showed himself faithful on their behalf. And then when, when it comes to our life, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now, recounting some of the things that God has done in my life and what he has done in this church. We're going to uh, eventually get to the point where we're talking about uh, South Bethel New Testament Church and then Bethel um, Worship Center and Bethel. Uh, you know, we've kind of shortened our name now to just Bethel Church uh, because, you know, one of the things you have to, to do you have to recognize that culture changes. And a name in anything is important. So we, we have always, you know, down through the years, we've tried to be relevant to culture without uh, compromising to culture. <laughs> that's very important. So that's kind of the reason that we made some changes in, in our name. We made changes, of course, our stage. We've, we've done th some upgrading in, in the sanctuary, in the, in the foyer, in our classrooms, you know. Uh, we're just trying to stay as much as we can on the cutting edge of, of what's happening. But at the same time, it, um, it, is, it is something that... It, absolutely essential that we not get into the place where we're trying to be so relevant to culture that we become a part of culture. We've got to be separate from culture. We've got to set the standard. Our standard must be much higher than the culture that we live in. Our culture here at Bethel must be a higher standard than the, the culture at large that we, we live in. And praise God, He gives us the strength to do that. And part of that, I believe, is remembering the things that God has done in our past. I, I do encourage you uh, to remember the things that God has done for you. It's easy sometimes just, to, you know, to forget. But maybe you need to write them down. Maybe you need to journal. I, I don't know. Uh, the, that's the, the kind of thing that, that works for a lot of people. And then you can go back and you can look at those things and see, wow, ah, now I remember God did this. If God did this then, what can He do now? As much or greater. When we put our faith in Him. Now listen. I'm talking, I'm sharing some things, some highlights in, in my life, Tammy's life. Some of them were, uh, have been really good, you know, faith-building things. Some things we just, you know, we talk about it because it was past, but thank God it was past. And, uh, I don't live there anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ. But I will tell you this, that although we were hitting some highlights and most of these, it seems like, just like, uh, it, as I tell these things, it's kind of like reading the Bible. Because when we read the Bible, we get a lot of highlights of things that happen. 
We see miracles and, and uh, exciting things, and it, it would appear that those things happen on an absolute daily basis. But the reality is there were gaps in between that. When they had tragedy and difficulty, uh, and yet God would show up. So that's why we talk about the good things, and, the high, and we highlight those things. I can tell you I've had tragedy, difficulties, pain in my life. We all do. But praise God, we don't focus on those things. We keep our focus on what God is doing. When we start focusing on the negative, we'll be like the ten spies that were sent out by Moses. Who, you know, they saw all the good things. They saw the fruit of the land. They saw the milk and honey in the land. But for some reason, they couldn't get back past seeing the giants. All they could see, all they could focus on were those giants. And jo Joshua and Caleb were just the opposite. On the, they were on the other side of this. They looked past the giants and they looked at the milk and honey, the fruit of the land. They looked past the fortified cities. They looked past the armor and the, the, the weapons that they had. They looked past all those things and focused on what God had told them they could have. And that's what I want us to do. Focus on what God has told us that we can have. We're going to see God in the land of the living. Absolutely. You know, salvation is the most wonderful thing. We get to have a relationship with Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that secures our eternity. But we have to live in this life regularly, every day. We have to walk this faith out. And I'm thankful for, for the sweet by and by. Very thankful for it. But I'm also thankful for the strength and the power that is ordained by Almighty God by the outpouring of His Holy Spirit that we bat, we're baptized in the Spirit of God to be able to walk in this life every day with power to become witnesses. That's what it's all about. So God didn't, He didn't just make a way for heaven. He made a way for earth. For us to be powerful and to walk in the things of God. Joshua and Caleb believed that. This is what they said. Numbers chapter 14, verse 7. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. They said nothing about the giants. They said nothing about the fortified cities. They said nothing about all those warriors that they encountered. It's a good land. This is a good land God has given us. This is a good place God has given us. Let's focus on those good things. And yes, we're all going to go through things in life. We're going to have difficulties. But we have a body to lift each other up. Encourage each other. Pray for one another. If we're only looking through natural eyes at the events of this life, we'll see nothing but the glass half full. But if we look through the spiritual eyes, we'll see, even in those downtime, we'll see the glass or half empty. I'm sorry. We'll see nothing but the glass half empty. But if we look through spiritual eyes, we'll see the glass half full, knowing that God wants to fill it back up. Hallelujah. If we only look through those natural eyes, <laughs> I remember watching Hee Haw when I was a kid. Some of you probably remember Hee Haw. Some of you may be too young to, to remember Hee Haw unless you've seen reruns of Hee Haw. What a crazy show Hee Haw was. But they, they had this song, Roy Clark and... Uh, 
My mom knows. Who else sang the song? Buck Owens. Buck Owens. All right. Okay. Roy Clark, Buck Owens. I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't hearing that. Roy Clark and Buck Owens would, would, would uh, actually had something to do with this song. Uh, anyhow, it went like this. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. I know people who live their life that way. And I feel for them. To live in such despair. And sometimes, you know, people are, there, there are people that are, are overcome with depression and despair. And I'm not, I'm not ragging on anybody. I know those things happen in people's lives. Terrible things happen sometimes that will set a person on uh, a course of depression. But our God is still God on the throne. And we're praying for those people. We'll believe that God will lift them up out of, out of that situation. And help them, set them on the course for, uh, to have a renewed life. You may have lost something in your life that was so near and dear to you, but God wants to give you a renewed life. I believe that. He loves you so much. Philippians 4.8 tells us this. One of the ways that we can overcome that gloom, despair thinking. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Keep your mind on good things. That's one of the ways that we can overcome the doom and despair and agony and that has happened in our life. All right, I'm going to pick up where I left out off. And, uh, number, the number one thing I want to share this morning is the Lord directs your steps. And that's where I left up. I was talking about that last week. Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be uttered, cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I believe in order to navigate through this life that, that we must walk through without allowing fear and gloom and despair to overtake us, we, we've got to trust that God is ordering our steps. Even when we go through those things that are so painful. And we don't understand. I don't have answers for everything. We lose people that we love. We see tragedy in individual lives. It's, it's difficult to understand some of the things that this world, that happens in this world. But at the same time, I see so many good things happening in the lives of God's people. I, saw, I see God keeping and prospering and protecting and delivering and setting us on a course to serve Him all the days of our life. One of the things that I recognize is that sometimes God would lead us to do something, particularly me, and maybe you've experienced this. I would be led to do something, and I thought it was to have a certain outcome. In reality, God had other plans. It wasn't, the, it wasn't going to be the outcome that I thought it was going, going to be. I believe this is for someone this morning. I believe you're, you're hearing this today and you need to, to take this to heart. Uh, you may have put some, a lot of time, a lot of effort into a goal that you've had for your life. And it's not turned out the way you thought it would. Don't despair. God has a plan. Remember what Isaiah says. God is saying this. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. I can tell you from experience that this happened so many times in my life. I thought I was on a course to accomplish a certain thing. And God put me on that course for a totally different reason than I thought it would be. One of those things was, and I mentioned to you last week that we, we were in Amway. We are not only in Amway one time, we were in Amway two times. We were retreads. But the second time we got involved with Amway, I really felt that God spoke to me uh, to get involved with it. And the purpose behind that was not so we could build a successful Amway business. The purpose behind that was so that I could learn some things about thinking positively, uh, about dealing with people, which I ended up having a career in. Uh, about um, business and finances. Some of the things I know, there's a lot of pe people speak some negative things about multi-marketing programs like that, but I'm telling you, if you work them, you can be successful in them. But listen to me, the only downfall that I have with them is that those people who... Uh, are building them will uh, deceive you into believing that you can spend little time and money in that business and make it successful. That is not true. It's like any other business. You better be willing to spend your life every moment working hard and handling the finances properly and spending lots of money reinvesting in the business. So, my, the purpose that God had for me being involved with Amway was not to build a successful Amway business, but to teach me some things that I was going to be using later on in life. I believe God's design for your life may not be playing out exactly the way you think it was going to. But it's exactly what He designed for you. Wait for Him. Trust Him. He's going to bring you through. And I know some of the things may have been very painful. I've suffered some of that myself. I lost my dad over 30 years ago painful time in our life can't explain it he was a good godly man man God why don't you take some of these heathens you know I'm just being honest with you you know we feel that way huh but God still had a plan for our life he still has a plan for your life after that experience uh, I was working, I was still working at the highway department, and one thing that I realized uh, in my life, and there was nothing wrong with that job, it was a good job, good pay, close to home, but uh, my ambition was more than spending my life working for the highway department. Uh, so I just, I was asking God for more. Show me what you want, God. At this point, it had been four years since our conversion. I went through, I, I mentioned to you last week, I went through that uh, stint where I went, in, went to Kentucky and uh, tried to sell a particular, uh, they were called books, they were called Come Unto Me, they were based on the life of Christ. You would, the businesses would take a subscription and anybody in the community that passed away, that book would be sent to them to console them. Uh, bereavement. Um, it's, you know, I, I went that way because it looked like a possible ministry. I was told not to. God spoke to me. Uh, I learned a valuable list, lesson uh, in listening to the Spirit of God when He speaks to you. But I still believe that God had more for our life. So at this point, 
We had been saved. I think I mentioned this. We'd been saved for four years. We were leading youth group. We were conducting youth crusades in the area. But there was just something inside of me that said, you know, God, there's more that God has for you. So in 1982, 83, uh, somewhere around there, uh, and, you know, sometimes these dates, I, I'm sorry if I'm not real clear on the dates, but sometimes it, it, the dates uh, uh, are not, uh, I didn't keep track of the exact dates when some of this stuff happened. Uh, later on, as we go through this stuff, um, in regards to the church, I'll be able to give you some more accurate dates because uh, Jeannie had all the dates written down and keeps track of them. She's incredible what, the way she keeps track of all that stuff. So uh, when it re it's regards to, to Bethel, I'll be able to give you some more uh, accurate dating. But anyhow, we, we left Amway and we, we just learned to, to try to, to do what God wanted us to do. And at this time, 82, 83, Jeannie and Linda Well were working at Children's Services. And through them, we learned of a position that was available uh, for house parents for abused and neglected children. When I heard about it, I thought, man, this might be it. This might be what God wants us to do because we felt like it would be a ministry to the, these kids and, uh, you know, it was just more than what we would look for. So God seemed like he was opening a door there for us. So we applied for the job. The second thing I want to talk to you this morning about is learn to number your days. Psalms 90, verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Too many people uh, live this life, in this life, as though that this is all there is to it. There's so much more. There's much more to life than just life itself. Because we get new life in Christ. People live sometimes with their plans and their schemes laid out for their own life. And they never have a, conscious, a consciousness of what God wants, what God's expecting, what God desires. Jesus told us a story in, in Luke chapter 12, verse 18 through 21 about a successful farmer. And he said to him, the, the farmer said, I will do this, I will pull down my barns and build greater. There I will store all my crops and my goods. He was very successful. And instead of sharing what he had with others, he was just going to keep it all to himself. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. I will say this to you. You may have many goods laid up for many years. You may think that you have everything ready for retirement or whatever in your life. <clears throat> but are you really prepared for what God wants and what God is expecting out of your life? God said this to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those will, then whose will those things be which you have provided? But we know what happens once we, we gather all these things in our life and uh, <clears throat> we pass away. We either pass them down to our children or they have an auction and Everybody in the community comes and gets all the stuff that we paid top dollar for for half price or less. <laughs> I've seen it happen over and over. I'm not telling you not, you shouldn't have stuff. We all have stuff. But I'm just saying, listen, let's make sure that we're on track with God. As believers in Christ, it's absolutely imperative, I believe, that we live with a consciousness of eternity. God has a plan 
for eternity for our life. It's not just about, yes, He wants to prosper you, but He wants to prosper you in all things, not just financial things. We must not forget our ultimate goal, the Father's house where He has rooms prepared for every one of us. The only way we're going to do that is if we keep our eyes on the prize. And I believe we, got, we must submit to the Holy Spirit to do that. And I believe submitting to the Holy Spirit is this. Read the Word of God and obey it. Talk to the Father. Pray. Seek His guidance. And praise His holy name. If we'll do this, we'll keep our focus where it should be. And we'll learn to number our days. We'll learn that this life is fleeting. It's going to pass away quickly. So we need to make an impact while we're here. Do the things that make a difference in the kingdom of God. If you do these things, I believe the Lord will give you wisdom and you will choose wisely. This will lead you to service, to serve the Lord all the days of your life. And to glorify His name. It will lead you to seek the kingdom first. And when you do that, you have nothing to worry about because everything else will be added to you. When we took that job at Children's Services, it required a psychological evaluation. I don't know about Tammy, but I was a little concerned about that. <laughs> the man that was uh, the psychologist that was interviewing us and giving us the, the psych uh, was also... He also had a doctorate degree in theology. And as we started talking, I don't know how Tammy, she's never really told me how her interview went, but uh, I, I don't, as we were talking, it became obvious to me. Have you ever talked to somebody who has lots of head knowledge about the Bible? but no heart knowledge or little anyhow. And it became obvious to me that that, that's, that was this guy. He had been highly educated. He knew all kinds. He knew things that I had no idea of. But his heart wasn't there. He really didn't believe the things that he had in his head. He really didn't believe that God was able and God was capable and as we conversed, you know, I, I relate, you know, he had asked me a lot of different questions, and I answered to the best of my ability. And, um, and through our conversation, I don't remember exactly how it came about, but he, um, he asked me about the job, and, and I said, well, we applied for it because I believe uh, that this could possibly be God's will for our life. And uh, he said to me, he said, well, what if I don't believe it's God's will for your life? Now, I got to tell you, I'm, I was a young Christian. I'm not particularly bold about uh, saying things. Sometimes I, I, I trust the Lord, and when I uh, need to speak up, I usually do. But I was highly intimidated by this guy uh, and he so he said this to me he said what if I I say that you're uh, this is not God's will for your life or this this is not a position that you should have and something just rose up inside of me and I said uh, to him I looked him right in the eye I said if it's God's will you can't stop it Yeah, I, and I, I want to read Revelation 3.8 because it kind of shows 
what I, how I was feeling. I know your work. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength. That's what I had at that point. Little strength. Have kept my word and not denied my name. I believe God set that open door before us. And, you know, to make the, the story as short as possible. We got the job. God is so good I still believe that today that no matter what there is not a man there is not a demon from the pit there is nothing in this world that can stop the will of God for your life why it's so important that we seek his will and not our own Ephesians 5 15 through 17 says see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil we we must redeem the time it's important therefore do not be wise unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is we can understand what the Lord the will of the Lord is but we don't always have a clear understanding God has told me to do things in the past that he didn't tell me why he just said do it and when I did it I did not understand why I was doing it but in time he revealed that to me and it always worked out during this time we found a church we started serving in the church Living Word Christian Center uh, for some reason anytime we got involved with a church we had a zeal and we wanted to, to help we we offered we went to the pastor and offered to help and Tammy offered to help and the, the pastor said well yeah you Tammy, you can help. It was back in the Stone Age. I want you to understand that. That's back when we had the transparencies. Yeah. <laughs> you flipped the trans. So you had to have somebody up there flipping the transparencies. And Tammy was that person. <laughs> and because she took on that job flipping the, the transparencies, there were some people in the church that got upset and said, the barbers are trying to take over the church. We've always had opposition when we stepped up to try to do something for the Lord. Listen, you've got to expect that. If you step out and you move in a direction to serve the Lord, there's going to be an enemy that will try to stop you. Many times he uses flesh and blood to do that. It's not always. Sometimes it's just in the demonic realm. But often he uses flesh and blood. Stand your ground. If you, God speaks to you and tells you to do something, stand your ground. Do not back down. Do not allow them to intimidate you. I know this. There are some people that are so insecure, and I'm sorry that they are. I don't want them to be that way. I want them to be built up in the Word of God. But they get so insecure that the only way they can make themselves feel good is to tear other people down. Let's not live our lives that way. Number three. This is my last point this morning. I'll try to move on. Whatever you do, do well. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. Hallelujah. If you're going to do something well, you need to do it here in this earth. And always do everything that you do well. I have tried to instill this principle in my children and my grandchildren. That's why when I give them a job to do, they usually do it three or four times. Before it's done right. That's a learning process. You know, after a while, yeah, I get a little frustrated with this. How many times do I have to show you or tell you? You know, uh, Tammy goes into the bedroom and says, 
Why haven't you made your beds? These are young men now that should be able to figure out what our expectations are. Someday it's going to click, just like it clicked in my life. <laughs> they're going to wake up, and they're going to realize, hey, Graham and Pap had a good idea. Do the job properly. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it. And do it with your might. When we started at Children's Services, I was still working for the highway department and we were conducting these youth crusades. But it didn't take very long for us to realize that we, you know, we wasn't going to be able to do all this stuff that we were doing. So uh, we decided to stop doing the youth crusades. And uh, I started having a little bit of trouble because we were working long hours, uh, driving back and forth from Athens to Meigs County at uh, my job, uh, staying awake. Uh, it became kind of dangerous for me. And uh, we were always really busy with these, with these kids as house parents. Uh, so at that point, we made a decision. I was going to quit my job. Now, you got to understand, this was a huge step. Because we realized we weren't going to work there forever. We weren't going to retire there. This is one of those jobs you just take on and you do it for a while and then you, you move on. When we moved in, within a year, we had sold everything, every possession that we had, household items like furniture and all that, because all that was provided for us. House was provided. We sold the house that we had in Tepper's Plains. So the decision to, to leave that job was a little difficult, realizing that we were burning our bridges behind us. We really didn't. We had, I think the only thing we had was our clothing and, um, and uh, some bedroom, uh, beds for our kids and our bedroom suit that we had and our vehicle. That was, that was all we had. Uh, so, it was a little difficult. It was a little scary. But, you know, one of the things that I've come to realize that when God speaks to you about doing something and moving in a new direction, He often requires you to burn your bridges behind you. He doesn't want you. And, and I'll bring that out more as we go through this story with Bethel because that happened. That has happened time and time again with us. He required us to step out in faith and not look back. If you're going to put your hand to the plow, move forward, don't look back. And we don't plow too much anymore, especially with animals. The only ones that I know of that plow with animals are the Amish. Uh, but in those days when you plowed, if you started looking back, your row would be very crooked. The only way to keep your row straight was to look forward. Keep your eye on your prize, where you were going. So it's really important, I think, in the kingdom of God that we not look back. When God calls you to do something, do it with all your might, all your strength, all your power. Right. By the way, that was, that was an interesting time in our life. That was a great job uh, as far as jobs go. I've never really liked jobs too much, but <laughs> it was good. Far as job, you, you, everybody. I hope you understand what, I'm, what I mean. I've always been a good worker, and I always gave a hundred percent in the job that I had. But uh, just you know, it's not fun working for somebody else all the time. Um, anyhow, that was a great job. They sent us on vacations with the the kids, paid for everything. Uh, you know, Tammy is really frugal, and she always. Uh, uh, we always 
when we went on these vacations, we would, uh, they would give us a certain amount of money and we would be very cautious on what we spent it on and we'd come back and we'd have money left over and they, they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't want it back. They wanted us to spend it. But we, every year, we'd come back with money. Because that's what we learned. We learned how, that, you know, you don't spend everything you've got. You try to be frugal when you're, whatever you're doing. So it was, a, it was a great place. Everything was provided for us. It's just kind of like the kingdom of God. We really do have everything provided for us. All, he said all you have to do is ask, seek, and knock. Over about a two-year period, we... Like I said, we, we enjoyed the job. We were having uh, an awesome time with working with the kids. But we felt like God was speaking to us to start an independent group home. And Pastor Otis mentioned it, Cena Cara. Um, and we started uh, making plans for that. We gathered a group of people, our pastors, some people from our church, Jim and Mary Huffman, and we started making plans. We became a nonprofit organization. We uh, contacted the state and figured out what we needed to do to establish a, a, a group home. And our goal was to have a Christian group home. We wanted to establish a family for these Kids that were abused, neglected, had gotten in trouble, all kinds of issues. We wanted to be a Christian family to them. And Pastor Otis, you know, he made mention, you know, we took them to things. And we encouraged the staff to, to take them to things uh, like those Christian concerts. So they would be exposed to Christianity. As we began to, to work toward that, that goal, Children's Services announced that they were going to change the use of that home. They were going to turn it more into a residential treatment center, and we would uh, very soon be out of a job. Now, for us, instead of it being devastating, it was kind of confirmation to us that we were on the right track, that God was directing us through, through this whole situation. Um, Somewhere around in 19, toward the end of 1985, we had everything in place, uh, except we didn't have a house. In early part of 1986, Children's Service set a date that they were going to have a new facility. Tammy and I talked about this last night. We tried to come up with the month that this happened. We think that it was, and based on uh, some of the things that we remembered, uh, we think it was sometime in April or May that, they, that we had to be out. We know, we believe that because um, there was, um, well, I'll, I'll talk more about that as we go. I don't want to uh, move ahead of myself. So at this point, I stepped up my efforts to find a place to, to start this new venture that we believed that God was taking us on. Uh, I went to numerous banks uh, in the Athens area. Um, that was a real fiasco. Because you see, <laughs> we were about to be out of a job and we had no money. Bankers don't like situations like that. And I know, you know, as I look back on it, crazy young man, Coming into the back, I know they had to just be laughing their heads off. They never laughed at me openly. But I'm sure they were thinking, this guy is crazy. And they were right. I was crazy in love with the Lord. Enough to trust him that he was going to cause this to happen. So... We didn't have financing. We didn't know where we were going to get any financing. We had no idea what was going to happen. But I continued searching the, the, the area. And I had some criteria for that. Uh, we 
wanted, what we were expecting uh, God to provide for us was some acreage outside of the Athens city limits. There were some restrictions in Athens, so we wanted to be just outside of Athens city limits. Uh, and we wanted acreage, and we wanted a house big enough uh, to, you know, it had to have at least six bedrooms to be able to do what we wanted to do, house our family. Uh, so uh, my expectations were pretty lofty. So no wonder I couldn't find a house in the area. As we went through this, time started running out, and we got down uh, to just a, a week before we had to be out of the, the, the home that we were living in. We'd have been out on the street. Now, one of the things that I had learned, I had written, I had uh, read Habakkuk 2.2. The Lord answered and he said to me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So we wrote, we, we had some expectations. We knew what we wanted. We knew the, the kind of house, the area, and we were asking God. If God is in this thing, he's able to provide what we're asking because it's not a, it's not a, a a higher expectation than what we really needed. One day I was scouring through the, the real estate ads when I, I came across a home that was for sale just outside of Athens. It was on uh, a road called Lurig Road. Uh, it was for sale by the owner. It had 15 acres with it. I went out and I looked at the place and I, I honestly, when I f put my foot on the property, it was just like God said, this is it. This is the place. Now, you wouldn't have thought so if you would have been with me and you looked at it. It was an old farmhouse that had a, a um, board and batten structure. It was actually post and beam inside. It was built really well, had lots of uh, real good, nice concrete foundation, post and beam, but the outside was board and batten, and the interior of that part of the house had never been finished. The upstairs, there were no walls, there was no floors. Downstairs, the, the old man who bought it, he bought it from his son who went bankrupt, and he did some drywall work, and you wouldn't want to hire him to do your drywall work. It was ugly. We managed to be able to take care of that. But, but anyhow, it didn't look like what we needed. But God knew exactly what we needed. It was 6,000 square feet. It was huge. More than six bedrooms once we finished everything. We found a house, but we had no money. So, I went back, told Jim Huffman what we had found. He wanted to go look at it. We went, looked at it together. And then, because he, was, he believed, he believed in God and what God was saying to me, and he believed in me. I don't know why sometimes he did, because I was a crazy kid. But he believed God was using me. So he offered to, this guy was asking $35,000 for that property. Today, that property is probably worth $300,000, maybe more. What do you think, Otis? Yeah. Yeah. You think? seven hundred? Yeah. It, it's, they've done a lot of work to it, though, and, and did some developing and everything. But, uh, you know, what a God. What a God we serve. But Jim offered to, to finance it, 35000 plus. Being the wise businessman he was, he said, you're going to need some operating expenses, so I'm going to offer you another $45,000. So we had an $80,000 debt moving in to that place. Seemed pretty overwhelming to us. 
We think that, like I said, we think it was somewhere in April, May. And the reason that I believe that was because it was cold. It got a little chilly at night, and it was chilly in the house in the mornings. And the only heating source that we had was an old fireplace in the old house. This, the old, that old house was built sometime in the 1900s. It was an old farm, brick farmhouse. And they attached the other structure to it. Oh, great. Thank you. You found some pictures. Very good. That's it. That's awesome. Thank you very much. It was red, painted red. Uh, not the most beautiful place in the world, but uh, there was a potential there. We, we really believed that. So when we moved in there, it was kind of chilly. I would get up in the mornings, build a fire in the fireplace for my little family, and then I was still working part-time as a maintenance man at children's services. So I'd leave my family behind. When we moved in, uh, as I told you, we had nothing, hardly anything at all. I believe Jim and Mary gave us a refrigerator. We had no stove. We had no furniture. We had no table. What were we thinking? Tammy asked me that. She's, we were talking about this last night. She said, you have drugged me through some crazy things in our life. She's always been faithful. Been right there. So we were dependent on God completely and totally. All our time was spent, what little bit I was working at children's services, our time was spent working on the house and fundraising. We would go around to the churches in the area, Athens, Megs, anybody, anyone that would invite us, I would go around and share our story and share what we believed God wanted us to do. And when we started sharing these things, people started stepping up and donating stoves and, and freezers and furniture and finances. And things started coming together. It was slow. I don't want you to think that, you know, we, we were just overwhelmed with all these finances. It was a slow process. But churches started getting on board and helping us, supporting us on a monthly basis. And God started moving in an incredible way. We spoke at one church, and the pastor at that church was a, uh, a carpenter. And he came to me afterwards, and he said, I believe that God spoke to me and told me to give you every day I have available to help you finish this house. And for a year, he came. Almost every day. Some days I couldn't even be there. I had uh, appointments that I had to, to go to. I eventually, uh, they eventually uh, asked me to step down from the job at, uh, at, as a maintenance man. They had other plans. They were doing other things. So we had no income other than what God was providing for us. So some days I had to go do some other things, and he would come and work on that house. We had people that volunteered that came and helped us, help, helped us remodel that house. We had a, one group of pastors uh, from the, the Baptist church. Uh, they volunteered to come and hang drywall. Man, could they hang drywall. They just came in and bang, bang, bang. They, they, they just put it up quickly. So we had people that helped, and, and God was just moving in an incredible way. In a little over a year, we, were, we managed to take that shell, that house, and turn it into a quite... I wish I had some pictures of the interior of the house. Uh, it was quite beautiful on the inside. It was a nice place. We had a large dining area, nice big kitchen. Um, the bedrooms were nice, large bedrooms. Uh, everything, you know, bathrooms. God's, I, I, I just marvel at God's provision with things like this. 
how he steps up. He moves in. If we will trust him. Now, let me tell you something. I want to make sure that everybody understands because I'm not this uh, faith giant that just, you know, I believe God's going to, was going to do it all along. Well, I had my times of wavering when things didn't come together. I wondered, God, you know, did, did I really hear from you? Were you really speaking to me? And I want you to understand something. Yes, it takes faith to please God. But His mercy will move and on our behalf, even when we waver sometimes in our faith. Even when we question, God, is this right? Am I hearing from you? Bam! His mercy shows up and He opens a door that no man can close. That's how powerful our God is. So I want you to know, as, as I've walked through this, I'm just like everyone else. I've had my times of wondering. I've had my times of questioning. But my God is so merciful and so full of grace. He's so powerful. And He doesn't pick me up and slap me around and say, What's, where's your faith? <laughs> he just treats me like a little child. Loves me. Loves you. Pours His mercy out upon you. He's there. He's present today. Jesus said this, the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. Yes, sir. Yes, please do. Listen, I, I, I just have to add this piece because uh, you haven't spoken about this, but you and Tammy have been faithful and your family has been invested in this all along. And so what you don't see and just what I remember is even when Tammy would say, hey, uh, Rob, me and the kids are going on home. <laughs> they didn't drive far from that because they had a trailer a little further up. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, they were invested in that, uh, that ministry and you were right there present. So your kids, I remember them running down to the, to the uh, main house, but understand you still made yourself vulnerable to the people you were serving, those youth, they could have easily gone up to your trailer and yes. knocked on the door, and you might have been trying to have your own family time, but you were right there. So I think that's important to notice as, or recognize as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Hmm. So we look back on those things, you know, it's... We... Um, trying to remember the date of this sometime probably 92 do you know when we decided we we decided that there was some uh some circumstances with the state we felt like the state was uh beginning to uh restrict our ability to minister effectively to the youth and uh to the young people so we decided we were going to shut it down prior to that what pastor otis is talking about we moved tammy and i realized that you know this environment was different we were working with some really difficult kids toward the end uh some from the uh detention centers in uh in ohio so we realized it was kind of uh difficult for our family so we moved to a mobile home on the property and we hired some people Otis was one of them and others staff who came in and uh, took care of the kids um, stayed overnight with them and ministered to them but we always we always had believers that surrounded them and was leading them and and doing things like Pastor Otis was talking about taking them to, to concerts and teaching them the word of God so uh, our efforts were always to be a Christian facility. And toward the end, we realized that the state was starting to clamp down on some of that stuff, trying to uh, keep us from being able to, to uh, take them to church and do the, some different things that we felt, Bible studies and things that we felt were very important. So we, at that point, realized that 
It, it looks like the end of this ministry is up. Uh, God's got other plans. So somewhere around 92, we decided that we were going to close the ministry down. When we did, um, we, uh, we were able to uh, have a, a ministry in town, purchase uh, the property. Some of you know Keith Wasserman. We've had him here. Keith was a very good friend of ours, operates uh, Good Works Homeless Shelter. Uh, he, had, he had a dream to have another type of facility, so we offered the place to him at a very reduced price, and uh, his organization purchased it, and like Pastor Otis said, it, it's, it probably is worth $700,000 right now. 15 acres, they've de developed it. They've done some things to it uh, beyond what we did. Uh, you know, w one of the things that uh, makes me feel good about knowing that we felt like it was time for us to move on, God still was able to use that facility for ministry. And He's still using it today. It's incredible. Hallelujah. Our God is faithful in all things. That, you know, that's my whole purpose for telling these things. I just want you to, to, to realize that, that God has always been faithful to me. He will always be faithful to you. He's on your side. He's not against you. He's not, try, he's not setting up there ready to throw a lightning bolt down to punish you for some wrongdoing. He's your father. And I'm a father. And yeah, I get upset with my children and grandchildren sometimes. But I still love them and I still try to show mercy and grace to them as they learn and grow. Our God is a good God. He loves us so very much. Stand with me. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.